Welcome to the Before Midnight Podcast, coming to you from the N Plus One Studios overlooking beautiful downtown Frankfurt. In this podcast, we explore the world of age group triathletes. We'll be looking at the real world challenges of being an amateur multi-sport athlete. I'm your host, Linda Word, along with my co-host, Brian Schenkenfelder. How are you, Brian? I'm phenomenal. I'm ready to go. Let's do this. <laughs> One day you're going to do this podcast and I'm going to ask you, how are you, Brian? And you're going to say, I am so depressed. I'm so sad. <laughs> Will you talk to me? (laughs) Very silly today. I'm so lonely. Will you talk to me? That's what I always want to do to like a telemarketer when they call. (laughs) Oh, thank you for calling. I'm so lonely. I just want to talk to somebody. Thank you for calling. I'm so glad you called. Yes, I need a new car warranty. Please talk to me. All right. So explain to me this. The car car warranty things. I mean, I get calls all the time. Somebody else told me yesterday that they actually get stuff in the mail. How does do, how, where does the money come from to pay these people? I mean, nobody's actually buying a car warranty from these people, are they? Yeah, people buy. I mean, that's the reason they do it. But it's insane. I mean, I get like eight phone calls a it's day. A, it's a scam. I mean, it's just a matter of getting you on the phone and then convincing you. Usually, they target elderly and people of that sort that really it's got to cost a fortune to well i guess not because they're not on the phone that long because most people go click yeah they or don't answer and a lot of times they're like robots they're waiting for you to pick up and say hello yeah that's true make sure they kind of pre-screen and then they'll send it to one of their and then they come off yeah i've had that happen more than once because i mean sometimes i don't know you know i do answer the phone if it's local because i think it might be somebody that i want to talk to oops yeah, no, this is one of those scams. I think Mark, that was one of the things that Mark Rober was doing, the YouTuber. who He's the one who did the uh, scam, the uh, people who stole things off packages. He had like the glitter bomb. Oh, things, yeah, the guy. glitter bomb. Yeah, that was awesome. They were going after elderly people. What they would do is they would go through like a transaction. And instead of typing like $200, they would, or a refund for $200, they'd put like 3000 in or 2500 oh. in. And they'd be like, oh, no, I, I refunded too much money. You're going to have to send me the balance of this. Uh, and then they would work through them, getting online and doing it, and they would scam them out of thousands and thousands of dollars. Nice. Because <laughs> they would you know, have them like log in and show them. You know, they were, these are really professional scammers because yeah. they would be able to like actually like show you kind of logging into like a bank and seeing the deposit in your account. They would, it was crazy because they, wow. they would do a lot of things to try to – scam you out of it but that's the way it would work they would say they credited too much back to you and so you got to pay them back so you got to pay them back and they would be like oh no i made this huge mistake oh my gosh i'm gonna get fired and so people would be like oh no oh no how can i help you (laughs) type stuff and well he went after them and it's the same thing with a car warranty type thing it's just a scam where they they get you on there they convince you that your car is gonna break down and they can save you thousands of dollars when in reality they they don't save you anything they just take your money They're not saving you anything from a <laughs> yeah. car that, yeah, <clears throat> it's 20 years old. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just asking. All right. So what else is going on with you, Brian, besides getting calls from car warranty people? That's just me. That was just you. We uh, we had our first weekend tournament soccer oh. in the select soccer league. Awesome. It was interesting. Interesting to watch the games where, like, these teams are all pretty good. Alex's team is about half of them are new to that team. Mm-hmm. They've got a long way to go. They, they've got some skill, but they're gonna. It's gonna take a while for them to work together to really play at a, 
at a high level. The I think our soccer team in <laughs> in Frankfurt had probably more chemistry than this team has yeah. right now. Well, the, your team in Frankfurt have been together for a long time. So been together for a long time, but the the collective talent on the team is considerably better than my Frankfurt team overall. Mm-hmm. Just the way of it, you know, everybody there is has mm-hmm. decent skills. It was just interesting to watch these games where you have both teams that are pretty good. The way these tournaments work is always interesting as well. They have his is the U11, and they have three groups. They have like a gold, a silver, and a bronze, and you kind of get seated based on your how good your team probably is. We were in the, the silver bracket. Okay. One of Alex's friends was on a team that was in the gold bracket, the Georgetown team. We were on the Kings Hammers team. I got to see them play one of the premier teams in Louisville. They got beat pretty handily in that game. Mm-hmm. But that team from Louisville, they're 11 years old, or 10, you know, whatever, 10 years old, 9, 10 years old. They are moving the ball. Their, their lines are just organized and staying organized up and down the field. It was incredible to had see. Had they been playing together for a while? They had to. It's, it's, it is jabbing on. It is the, the premier. They're like yeah. the most well-known, highest so, yeah, club been team in Louisville. For a while. Yeah. They've probably been playing for three or four years together. Right. It, it's the... And it's their and cream of their crop. Kids. Yeah, yeah. You got a lot of kids to select from. It's, but at the fun same time, none of those kids were like exceptionally talented. I was thinking a team like that would have some kids that were just physically better than everybody else mm-hmm. out there. They didn't really have that. They had some kids that had probably more skill than other people out there, but they weren't physically better. Like, i.e., I am like a lot faster than you, and you have no way of staying with me when right. I corner, turn the corner. So no superstars were kind of right. They were just so well they organized, were you, well you weren't going to stop them. I mean, they were just that good. It was, it was impressive to watch. That's, I mean, and that's what you want. That's Yeah, that's where you you, know, you're that's going what you're for. That's you're going for. Yeah, that's great. It, it's, been, so it's been interesting to watch. It's been interesting to watch practice because his practices are very much a, just, they just work on skills and concepts. They don't really try to game plan or anything like that. Mm-hmm. That's all he's working on. As we head into the game, that's all he worked on too, which is kind of like, do these kids even know what they're going to be doing? <laughs> there is some assumption of knowledge there that is a little disconcerting. It, it reminds me of like, I'm trying to learn a new language. Let's say French. I take a year of French at school. I have some understanding of the vocabulary, how the language works. Right. Then they take you and drop you in France and good luck. <laughs> and you have to learn French. That's kind of the way this is kind of work. Here, here survive. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, I know a little bit about the game. Now I've got to play and he's going to use terminology I don't necessarily know. It's just been kind of an interesting... <laughs> Sink or swim. Sink or swim type mentality. Because I'm like, we go into the game, I'm like, he, we haven't talked about positions, we haven't talked about anything. His entire, entire huh. couple practices we did. We've only had four practices. We missed two on vacation. All he did was work on some concepts. Right. Important concepts, but that's all he did. If we get to the game, I'm, I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know if you're going to play, what, you're new to the team. You may be sitting just because I, I don't know. Well, it turns out that Alex was telling me, yeah, before the game, he's like, Who's a, who, who are my defenders? And like four people raised their hand. Alex was one of them, so he was one of the defenders <laughs> who got to start. Self-assigned. Okay. Yeah, so it was self-assigned, and <clears throat> other people were like the midfielders and forwards. And okay. that was the first game. They got. All right. And then he goes out there, and they're like, "Well, which Alex?" The other kid was like, "Which side do you want?" He's like, "I'll take this, the right side." So Alex played right defensive back in the first game, and the coach he doesn't usually sub his back guys. He only subs his forwards and the kids who probably run a little more. Uh-huh. So Alex played the entire game right back, 
in the second game, he uh, he got to play goalie. He kind of asked the coach if I guess he could play or what mm-hmm. if they'd rotate goalies. I think the goalie the first game, he didn't want to do it the second game either. He wanted to play out in the field a little right. bit. He's like, so I wouldn't take it. And so Alex was like, yeah, I'll do it. He gets to play goalie in the second game, and he did a good job of goal. Good. He likes that. Yeah. yeah. He's definitely made his way as one of the goalkeepers on the team, I think, yeah. going forward. The other kid's a little more experienced than him at it. It's done a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Alex did a good job. Well, Kets that's good. So, I mean, he can trade off with somebody. He's not going to get, I don't want to say stuck as goalie. Yeah, he does not like be. it. But from what I can tell, there is no, like, set position. Everybody, because the practice is just all concepts and things, at mm-hmm. least at this point, there's no position-specific concepts That's not a bad anywhere. thing. Then they all get right. to, you know, they get to switch around. And I'm sure, you know, if he sees somebody that's always staying the same, picking the same position, he might move them, you know, as they as the team gets, starts to gel. Who knows? Yeah. Well, I told him, you know, right right back is probably a good position for him because mm-hmm. they don't really have a ton of attackers. And that way he can push forward into the attack mm-hmm. as a back defender. And he's a pretty good defender. That's a good place for him to kind of start. Well, good. And he played well in the first game. They really didn't know what they were doing in the first game. They, they did okay. They ended up losing that first game 2-1. to one. And it was unfortunate, too, because the goalkeeper on our team, he went up for the ball and high point. It got it. But then he kind of was off balance. He fell backwards, and he oh. lost the ball. And it oh, no. The goal. Oh, <laughs> We lost the first game two to one because of that. Uh, it's just that, that stuff like that happens. The second yeah. game got canceled from rain, so they set it as a tie. Okay. And the way it works, there was only six teams in Alex's division. Okay. The silver, they uh, play. You play two people, and they they broke into two groups of three. The top two go on to the semifinals. The third place play each other. Mm, Since okay. the second game was a tie, the the team that Alex lost to played the team we didn't play because of the tie. That team beat the team we played that we oh, lost wow. to. Uh-huh. Therefore, those two teams went on, and we got put in the consolation game the next yeah. day, which we won like four to nothing, which is good. It was good yeah. for them to win. It was, yeah. it was good. That was, it was a lot. Of, it was interesting to <laughs> watch soccer at that level and just mm-hmm. how it's it all kind of interacts. It's all new to us. Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting. It. It's frustrating when I coach because I I can't do the things that they do in practice. I would right. love to do that, just teach theory and week yeah. after week and get them better at the fundamentals of the game. I I can't do that with one day a week and why yeah. and six games immediately. No kidding, just not enough time. No, you have to teach them kind of how to play within the game right. and not work on all the skills they're working on. Hmm. It's a little frustrating. How's your <laughs> training going? Cool. Good, I think. <laughs> All the we'll numbers see. point in the right direction as far as my training. My running's good. My swimming's faster than it's ever been. I was out today, did my hundreds. First, you were like into one. distance. Oh my gosh, you about killed us this morning. Yeah, well, that's what I was doing. I did a. Yeah, that's I what. A, I, Charlene was like, "Why are we doing this?" And I said, "Because he's into distance right now. That's what he's doing. So that's what we get to do." The funny <laughs> thing was, is the the masters wasn't really much further than we do on other days it was just yeah. all brought into one set that set would, it yeah, usually gets like, cro- set up across two or three sets we did right. it as one set that was longer because it was yeah it was we did what five rounds three you know, two seven. seven four 200s and three yeah, 100s odds were odds were 200s evens were 100s it was only 1100 yards total yeah 
So it really wasn't that far. It wasn't really that far. Especially when you add the other stuff in. It was about the same we always did, about 2,000 well, miles. Well, and, and us on the slower lanes were like, wait, they're doing 200s, and we're doing 200s too? Yeah, we just... Well, they were doing 250s. The faster people did 250s. Oh, I thought they, they were going were a little further. And then they were doing 150s in the 100s. Okay. Or they could do the I was wondering what was going on. Okay. Because we were, I was doing 150s. A, a couple of them, I pulled part of it just because I was tired. And uh, I did 200s then, but a couple of them I did 150s. I did all the 100s. Yeah. It was a, that was a pretty good set. I was, that was good. I think after, my, what I did today was two 100s, three 200s. No, two 100s, two 200s, two 400s, and then a 200 to get 1600 kind of mm-hmm. my race is coming up it's kind of a preparatory one right it was good though i did like a 124 12600 and then i did like a 255 257 200 which is pretty fast for oh, me that's decent yeah then my 400s were like 613 and 607 Not which bad. is pretty strong as yeah. well and then i finished the last 200 with like a 3 301 really good i'm that's great i, I feel good for the swim yeah the running i feel good at running the 44 minute kind of pace in a 10k mm-hmm. at least on the treadmill i feel pretty good have you been running outside at all i did in florida <laughs> <laughs> i actually my long runs are outside i've been running oh, from the fac on thursdays okay that's been my long run but usually my speed work has been done on a treadmill on a treadmill yeah it's i mean i tend to do it's just easier for speed work anyway i gotta start doing that again too now that i'm Recovering next week, I'll start because I'm I've got one race coming up in September, but it's just it's a 12k and that's it. But I won it two years ago, so yeah, that's not going to happen again. But that's all right. <laughs> I'd like to at least be somewhat close Somewhere. to the time I was. Yeah, so my biking's been good, but then you go back and I look at like previous years. I'm doing 75 percent of the bike volume mm. i did the year before i wonder what's going on why your bike volume stayed down this year so much i mean i know rain, a lot of it was the weather cold but that was really it it's been the cold and the rain i didn't get to do a lot of riding early in the season i didn't do any lot i've had rain interrupt i'm lucky to ride two or three times a week yeah long rides have been interrupted i mean it's rained every other weekend as <laughs> just it seems like it it's just been a crazy confluence of things that have kept my riding down because that's usually where i build a lot of my endurance fitness is on the bike and i haven't been able to do that this year it'll be interesting to see how that translates into race dave my thought is is i've been racing for a number of years hopefully that will (laughs) carry the day (laughs) when it comes time to for race day i guess you'll survive hopefully you'll do well (laughs) (laughs) all right so what else is you were talking we were talking earlier about uh you had come upon a question This comes back to you were asking about ran outside, and I did in Florida because I didn't have a treadmill. Right. I went out and did my speed work in Florida, and it was interesting. I was doing like one and a half K repeats. Or was it one K repeats? That was a little more than a K. Mm-hmm. I ended up doing about eight or nine K at race pace. I did the first three or four at pace, and then it started falling off, and then I struggled. Got on the struggle bus towards the end. Mm-hmm. And that led me to an interesting question of, I'm doing these paces at home on a treadmill. It's warm in my house. It's not like super cold. It's not the humidity and things like that in Florida. It's not Florida. Realistically, I probably should have gone out at, instead of trying to do that 705 pace, I probably should have done like a 720 pace because it was so humid and hot down there, which Mm -hmm. is kind of where I ran towards the end of it was right around that pace. 
I probably should have done it the whole time. I wouldn't have blown up at that point. Yeah. I, I obviously went out too fast. And that got me thinking is like, okay, I kind of blew up. Is that going to be a workout where I get the adaptations I need because I had to run slower? So the question becomes, if I were training, let's say in Minnesota, and I train every day at 7 a.m., I go out and I run and do my, let's say, interval workout. I do it at seven-minute mile. Um, that's the pace I'm training. I'm really trying to hit it. Mm-hmm. I'm in, another person's in Florida. They're doing a same time in the morning, but it's 10, 15 degrees warmer because it's Florida, it's humid, all these things play in. I can't do that seven pace. Maybe I have to do a 7.15 pace. Mm-hmm. Am I getting those same adaptations as the person who's doing the seven-minute miles, someone who's doing 7.15? The load is the same because the stress is the same because now I'm in Florida. I have all this heat. I've got to dissipate. Therefore, I'm working just as hard as that person who's running faster in Minnesota at the cooler right. temperature. Hmm. But am I getting those same adaptations? Because I came from this from the other question of I go out and bike. I'm doing hard intervals. On a good day, I'm going to hold 200-something watts throughout all my intervals. There was one day I went, like a day or two after. I think it was probably the day after I did some hard run intervals. Bad idea. Horrible idea. Never do... Two yeah. hard workouts on back-to-back days. You were thinking it wasn't raining. It wasn't raining. I had an op- window of opportunity. Yeah. I thought I'd give it a go. And I had the predictable results. I did 200 for a little while, and then it fell off into the 190s. And that got me thinking, well, that 190s is not going to be, really didn't push me the way I really need to be. I needed to be up in those 200s mm-hmm. to get the adaptations I need for race day. If it's okay, to, if that's a problem that I dropped back to 190, that was kind of the max effort I could do at that point in time. Yeah. And it's not going to give me the same adaptations as 200. Am I getting the same? Did I have the same problem in Florida? Did I make the same mistake in Florida running in that humidity and trying to do speed work in humidity where I'm going to run slower? Interesting question. <laughs> I, I don't know. It would be very hard to test for that as well. Identical twins or something. <laughs> well, <laughs> when yeah, I guess you could do elevation. like some control groups, yeah. do a test in like a t- in temperature in a temperature controlled environment. Then train. You'd have to train in temperature-controlled environments, and then come back and redo your test set in that original temperature and see which ones gained. Are you gaining because it was hotter? And I, I can't imagine. I would think you would gain from just running faster and getting the adaptations from running faster, because the heart rates are going to be roughly the same in that environment where I'm doing hard training in different certain temperatures. Because when it's hotter, your heart rate is going to be higher because yeah. you're trying to stay cool. I mean, that's the whole point. That's why the reason you run right. slower in the hotter temperatures. And your heart rate's going to be higher up north when you're going faster. Right. So, yeah, so they would be about the same. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't either. It's just one of those interesting questions that pop up when you when I train, at least. You yeah. start looking at data. I mean, I just know coach, I, mean, I, I can't stand training in the summer. I can't stand it. Can't stand it. Can't stand it. But... As soon as it gets cooler, I'm so glad I did. Yeah, I just run so much better. Yeah, well, but is, are you really running faster or are you just running your speed? You were running just taking the temperature out of just it because you're normally going to run yeah. a little faster. It certainly feels a whole lot easier. Well, it's, it is going to feel a lot easier. Oh. The question is, is, did you make adaptations to make yourself a better runner for that temperature or did you just adapt for the heat? Because mm-hmm. if, if I were to take the cold person and bring them down into a hot race, I've been training in the heat and they haven't. I'm going to have a huge advantage because I'm going to be more. I'm going to make the adaptations for 
heat management better than they are, right? So what if you take that person in the heat and bring them up and race them against the person up north and bring them do the reverse? Who's going to be who's going to do better? That's the that's really kind of the question is That would be the way to figure it would out. Would you get would you be fast enough? Would would those adaptations be enough to be able to run that faster pace for that distance? Mm-hmm. Or would you tire just because you're not used to running at that, at that pace? Speed. Yeah. Interesting. That's a really interesting question. <laughs> I don't know on that one. Wow. It just becomes an interesting yeah. thought question. Just from This came yeah. just from like looking at data and actually running in the heat. Because mm-hmm. it's generally not a great idea to do your hard work in warmer temperatures, I would think, because you're I mean, not putting your effort of, into Unless that's the type of race you're training for, right. or, you know, things like that. Maybe. But even so, I don't know if the adaptations, because you can get heat adaptations from running slow. You can get heat adaptations mm-hmm. from a lot of different work. Are you better off? going inside into a cool temperature and running your hard interval runs rather than going outside in the humidity of Florida or even the Ohio Valley and running yeah. your fast work? Or are you better off doing it on a treadmill? I mean, I never did my fast work outside. I used to do my fast work outside. Did you? I actually got faster when I did it in a treadmill, which may answer the question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say. Or is that just uh, over time I got faster Yeah. because I've been doing it for a while? But I'm able to run faster indoors than I can outdoors, mainly because I don't. I'm not going to do interval work. It's five in the morning. Usually it's yeah. seven, eight, nine. The sun's up, and it's a lot hotter yeah. than an indoor environment. Interesting. Hmm. I don't know. And then the, I guess the converse would be same thing with biking. Would you have the same type of benefits in biking? Would you be better off doing all your really hard stuff on a trainer indoors? rather than going outside and doing your hard work where it's warmer. And I never want to be on a trainer indoors no matter what, so it really doesn't matter to me. <laughs> well, that's what Swift is for, right? So you can oh, kind God. of take your mind off it I while you I don't you're... have that. I, I need to maybe look into that because my... No, it's, it doesn't matter. It's still painful. It's indoors. It's painful. Indoor riding is <laughs> it's horrific. It's not much different than running indoors. The difference with running indoors and biking indoors is you generally run a lot less than you bike indoors. I, I can run on a treadmill for 30 minutes. I had trouble riding on a trainer for an hour and a half. If I were running on an hour and a half on a treadmill, I would die too. So, <laughs> Oh, I've done that. Oh, I've, I've do done that. over two hours, but it's got to be intervals. You'd have to just shoot me right now before I thought about doing more really than good like 45 minutes. Yeah. I mean, I, I, well, when I was training for Boston, I did a lot of treadmill work. Because usually about 45, 50 minutes is about... Where I'm like, okay, we're indoors. This is dumb. Let me get off. <laughs> Which is really a big problem for bike because I generally don't like to ride less than an hour on a bike. Yeah. But for running, you know, 45 minute 50 runs, a decent run for most people. Uh, that's four or five miles for me. Yeah. Easily, that's a, a decent run. Right. I can I can I can do that. It's when you start pushing out long time. It's like no, this isn't fun anymore. I don't get the point. I remember those workouts. Let's see, (laughs) twenty by twenty minutes. No, it wasn't that bad, but it was bad. (laughs) Well, that's. I guess that's if you can hold together those ten or fifteen minutes at a time and take the break and regroup and and do it again. I uh, no. It worked. I mean, it worked. It was it was a mental struggle. I mean, I had to be prepared for it totally. You know that this was what I was going to do. Yeah. And just no, you know, just not. Not give myself a way out of it, have a way to plan it, how to wait. I would have different things that I would put from one side of the treadmill to the other so I could count how many intervals I did because I'd lose track. Yeah, that's I do you stuff know, like that too. Doing all I actually kind of use things. Nerf darts because we had a crap ton of them. Oh, I have Nerf darts. 
everywhere in this house. Well, I'm at the Y, and I'm not going to bring Nerf darts. It would be like my towel. It'd be my water bottle. It'd be my keys. It'd be you know whatever else. I'd like make up stuff, you know, move from or or I'd start moving them back again. If Maybe if you like, took Nerf darts, you'd have more fun. I then you can take like a Nerf gun and start shooting Nerf other darts. people. Yeah, that would, that would go over really well. Yeah, sure. Yes, you can put someone else on a dueling treadmills and you like shoot each other with dark while you're running. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would pass the time. Yeah, <clears throat> there, were, there are a lot of ways to pass the time. But I don't know. Me and the trainer on the bike, just it's just so hard. It's such a struggle. But I'm going to have to get used to that. Yeah, I can't do it a long time. Rollers helped a little bit because you have to somewhat stay engaged. Even then, I, I usually have gotten to the point now where I usually throw on something on Netflix and watch it while I'm riding. Yeah. I, and I can't. The other problem I have riding indoors is I generally don't ride hard enough indoors. Not nearly as hard as you ride outside. Yeah. And I know this because I have a power meter. And yeah. when I put a power meter on an indoor trainer, it is considerably <laughs> harder to get up to levels that are easy outdoors. Yeah. No, there's no way. And I've got a... I now have college textbooks to look at now that I've started grad school. So I'm like, well, maybe I do. So what are you going to grad school for? I'm going to grad school for psychology, general psychology, applied behavioral analysis. So what are you going to do with applied behavioral analysis? Well, one of the things I'm looking at several different things. We'll see. We'll see what it ends up doing for me. Okay. Hoping to help clients, hoping to help kids. That sounds exciting. Interesting. I mean, you know, it's... It's schooling. It won't be interesting, but hopefully. No, well, I mean, I, I find school interesting. interesting. I'm not somebody that I love to learn. I mean, I'm, you know, been in the education system for 30 years. And uh, I mean, not even me. But I just, uh, I think about when I go running with a group, which you never do. So, and people talk and the stuff that comes out of people's heads when they're running is not stuff that would come out in a normal conversation. And it's... I'm looking at it as a, a possible way to help people. You know, just Well, I have we'll I have read sports psychology textbooks and about twenty percent of it's interesting, the rest of it's painful. I'll be honest. It's it's school. There's always huge elements of it. Well, I mean, and I'm not talking <laughs> sports psychology, I'm no, talking, I was you know, just, just regular people that it just running it or exercise is a way I mean, I've been working with a couple kids recently just on personal training. Right. And you know, teenagers have got enough going on as it is. Right. And they talk up a blue streak when they're working out. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, no, I... It's a way to, you know, kind of help people work, maybe work through some things a little in a different way other than sitting in a room and doing counseling. Um, that's intimidating. It's not a whole lot of fun. Right. You know, this is a way to maybe get the conversations going in a different direction and maybe help people a little bit more than just sitting. Yeah. So that's what I'm looking at. No, my only interest in psychology is sports psychology. That's actually an interesting field to yeah. me. But that's... Yeah, hopefully, you know, this may... We'll, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. I just know at, in the career that I'm in, in education, <laughs> number one, you have to have a master's to go anywhere. Right. I mean, you just do. Yeah. And I just never never bothered to do it. Hey, we have something in common. I came close to getting my master's. I just never <laughs> did my thesis. I got all the classwork done. I created a topic. I did some work on it. I just... I got a job, started making money, and I was like, I don't need a master's. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to go make a lot of money. It, it, to be honest, in my career in IT and stuff, it, it, it yeah, didn't matter. It's not matter. As big a deal. A hill of beans. Yeah. If I wanted to go into teaching, I'd have to go get a master's, right. which would be a well, problem. Well, and that's, 
exactly why I'm doing it. That would so. be the, the only problem I'd run into if I actually went into a career in teaching because that is something I could potentially do. It wouldn't be yeah. that hard for me to go in and teach like calculus at the high school level. <laughs> well, and see, the thing with me too is I've always worked in special education and working with um, people that have a diagnosis for why they're acting the way that they're acting. And I know how to deal with that and I know how to make plans and I know how to you know do a lot of behavioral stuff based on what a diagnosis is. Well, now I'm working with so-called typical kids and typical adults with our, you know, with our coaching business and stuff. And I'm like, wait, I, I don't have nearly the good roadmap that I have with this. <laughs> 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 like, hmm, there's, 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 yeah, there's some different characteristics going on here. So I'd like to be able to help those so-called typical kids a little bit better. And, right. And that athletes. makes sense. You know, I mean, as we all know, athletes have got a couple screw looses, screws loose occasionally. No. 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 No, They're not obsessive at all. I've never met an athlete who's obsessive. (laughs) (laughs) Ever. Ever. I mean, mean, look at me. I'm never obsessive on anything. Yeah. (laughs) Quit twitching over there, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Good times. That should be fun. That should be interesting times. Yeah, so if now if I can get all the technical glitches out of this online schooling stuff taken care of, I'll be on Oh, and we start, like, regular school tomorrow, so this is a double whammy this week for me. Yeah, all Thank the school starts early this week. I feel sorry for the uh, state fair. Oh, is that this week? That's They start this week and next week. That's not unusual. I mean, they always do. They always start, yeah, early, but usually school's that second week of the fair. School never starts this early. School used to start, like, August 20th, August... The public schools have been in for know, a week or two. We started been in late. Way too early. You know, we're starting late because we ended late. Yeah. That's why our little school decided to well, start a little bit later. The lifeguard's son, he starts next week. Oh, really? Yeah. More traditional time. I thought Shelbyville had already they're started. They're in eminence. Do what now? Oh, He's they're in eminence. Okay. Which is yeah. a little bit different. I was going to say, all the teachers on swim team are like, yep, time to bug out. Six thirty, one, two, three. Boop. Yep, there they go. Yeah, are. they've all started. Most of the schools have started. This year has been just a weird year that everything's starting just so much earlier. Because I remember when growing up, the first football game we we would in high school. I would, we would start on a Friday, so you could play, get that first game in somewhere like August twentieth or something. Oh wow! Yeah, because huh. you can't play sporting events until you have your first day of school. First day of school. They now, get North, that. they don't start until after Labor Day anyway, but they also don't get out until the end of June. Right. So, But that's just that's just something I noticed, and usually, because I know there's been times we've gone to the state fair during the middle of the week, because mm-hmm. have, we haven't started school yet. Hmm. I don't know. Starting earlier. Anyway, so, <laughs> lots going on this week, trying yes. to keep it together and not panic. And See, so your going. life gets harder, my life gets easier. <laughs> I know. We have, yeah, this podcast, we'll see when Linda's going to show up to record it. Brian maybe I'm sorry to our audience, but Brian may end up doing a few on his own here and there, just because I don't have time. I'll try. I'll try, guys. All righty. Well, great talking to everybody, and we will be back next week. If you're looking for a coach, check us out at go3sport.com, and we'll see you later.